0: They need Kirk Cousins back in 2024, and it's in Kirk Cousins' best interest.
1: Whoa, in whoa, wait, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, stop the press, dude. Say that again. I didn't, couldn't hear you.
0: It would be a mistake for him and for the Vikings to not want to squeeze the last bit out and see see what happens. Man, let's Maybe clip that can, out. Clip that, that out and put
1: achieve. that on social media, team. Let's get that. You see that, everybody? You see that, Minnesota? Hey, Kirk Cousins, he got down to the last petal on the flower, and he loves you. It's official.
0: Wednesday, December 27 edition of PFT Live, that wedge day between one week and the next where we can delve into some things we didn't get to yesterday as week 16 is done and week 17 approaches And on one of the topics who will be the Vikings quarterback this weekend. Sunday Night Football, NBC and Peacock when oh, yeah. the Packers come to town with the Vikings season on the line. Kind of a de facto playoff elimination game. I don't know all the permutations. I really focus on that the final week because it's not, first of all, it's not easy for my impaired brain to understand (laughs) all of it. And it changes every game. The percentages swing. I just want to know going into week 18, what everyone has to do. And, you know, until then, the mandate is win, just win and win and win and everything takes care of itself. When you get to the final week, then you know who's still left, what needs to happen And it plays out that way. I think anything other than teams that want to make it to the playoffs, go win their games, is a distraction for those teams until we get to the last week and we know exactly what needs to happen. Yeah, you got to handle your business, right? You got to handle
1: your business before you can even think about what other people are going to do or what you need or any of that. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. They got two tough ones. And you're going to be up here, right, Sunday? You coming up this week or no? Not coming up this week. What's the uh, final verdict here?
0: I, I'm planning on it unless, unless no, you know, well, recent it events just, result great. in me being fired. My right. horrible Ravens 49ers prediction, I don't know. Some people would just assume I go away for good. Oh, Hopefully not, not none at of the all. executives at NBC share that a, 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 a sentiment.
1: We want you here, especially for Vikings Packers. I mean, come on. I want you here. It's extra, extra incentive for me to yell at you and make fun of you and whatever else. So... You better be here for this one. I mean, it's the Vikings. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I know we're going to dive into their quarterback situation and all that, too. But, like, yesterday, since you didn't even care or anything, right, and you just jumped right into – all the stuff about
0: you, yep. you, you, and Lamar Jackson because no, you guys no, no, are so cool no. together. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. What? Hang on. What? I couldn't even get a word out. <laughs> I couldn't even get a word out when the show started. You jumped right in with all of it. You took the wheel before I could even put the, the car in drive yesterday. So well, don't put that on me. Well, we ha- You, we you to. are the one that, that jumped me yesterday. Well, right. I mean, you know, when the this so-called
1: MVP of football right now is talking to Mike Flores or Flores, or we're not sure what the hell your last name is anymore. We got to bring that up. So uh, it was all good and fun. But seriously, how was your weekend? What's up? I mean, Christmas went good, family was good. everything oh, went was, smooth was, for the most
0: part. Oh, no, it was great. Yeah, it's been a great. It's been a great 36 hours. Thanks for asking. And, and, and I'll just say this from the get-go. I can take whatever people have thrown my way. I can take the heat. The, the worst day in this job is still better than 99% of the days I had practice in law. And from time to time, we're going to say something in the confines of a prediction that's a little over the top. Was it a little over the top? Yes, it was a little over the top. And I acknowledge that. I didn't need to say it the way I said it to make my point. And the point was and continues to be, I thought that the 49ers were dramatically better than every other team. And you know what? I've heard from people in the league who said, hey, all you did was say out loud what the rest of us were thinking and saying privately. And we were wrong. We were wrong. The Ravens proved that that assessment was dead flat wrong. So so be it. So be it. I'll take the heat. I'm still taking the heat. I'll keep apparently, taking the heat. I'll apparently keep you other are. You other than that, you're still getting crushed other than on social that, media. Yeah, I, that that
1: was. You know, I, I, I gave I, up looking and paying attention. All I know, all I know is the emails. Uh, the emails are killing you. The emails <laughs> I
0: still get. The emails I still get. And uh, but it's fine. It's fine. As long as the check clears, it's fine. As long as they don't tell me, you know what. Just stay home this weekend and the next and the next and the next after that. It's fine. I'm fine with it. So we had a great Christmas weekend. Had a nice visit from my sister's family. My little nephew Miles made his cameo yesterday. I wish they could have stayed a little bit longer. But, you know, people have jobs life and they goes have to get on. back to their life. It's not yeah. like the whole world shuts down for a week because it's Christmas. I mean, the NFL clearly doesn't shut down. Oh, by the way, 29 million watched Raiders Chiefs, 27.2 million watched Ravens 49ers. I haven't seen the numbers yet. They haven't been released for Giants Eagles, but they say they're not going to play games when Christmas falls on a Tuesday or Wednesday, next Christmas falls on a Wednesday because of leap year. They're going to find a way The people who see those numbers, who are responsible for the sport, who are profiting from the sport, they're not going to give up Christmas day. They're going to find a way to play. I don't care what they say. Now the owners, when they get together in March Someone's going to say, well, "Explain to me again why we're not going to play on this day where we're getting 30 million people to tune in at one o'clock Eastern to watch a game? We're just going to give that up so what because were the, it's a little inconvenient." What were the numbers? Let me hear them because I didn't see that. So let me hear 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 what it was across the board. Twenty nine million for Raiders Chiefs wow. at one o'clock Eastern. Wow, on Christmas Day, right? Twenty seven point two million on ABC and ESPN. For Ravens, 49ers, the Fox numbers aren't out yet. And sometimes what happens is when the numbers aren't out, there's still a little elbow grease, a little polish, a little effort to pump the balloon up before they let the balloon fly. But I can't imagine it'd be less than 20 million. You get in three games on a standalone day, captive audience, and they've stolen it. They're the Grinch that's stolen Christmas from basketball. Why would they give it back? Just I'm, because I'm Christmas is on a Wednesday I'm or a Tuesday. I, I, well, listen, I, and I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying p- – people are like, oh, that's wrong. They shouldn't play on Christmas. You endorse them playing on Christmas. Look, they don't give a shit what I think about them playing on Christmas. I'm just trying to be realistic about where this is going. Would it be nice? Would it be nice to be able – to spend Christmas Day fully and completely focused on family and not constantly trying to pay attention to what's happening during football games that because you got to talk about it the next day. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. I, I, I I love I love being able to watch standalone football games, but the problem is on Christmas it's a little difficult to focus on the standalone game. The night game was easier. The two afternoon games were much more difficult, more difficult than Thanksgiving because there's a lot more activity There's agree. thing's going on and it presents was. are being open and the day doesn't have the same rhythm and flow. And you're more right. It's more of a wide-open day than yeah. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, it all fits. Yes. Christmas, it doesn't quite fit yet. Right. So, yeah, I'd rather they not, but I think it's baloney when they say they're not going to. Now, I think they're telling the truth, as it currently is. I think by next year, they'll realize there's a way to do this. They figured out during the pandemic how to play games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, that's what we talk they'll about. They'll play their games right. on Wednesday, and there'll be a Christmas Eve game on Tuesday night. Those numbers, those numbers are not conducive to saying... We'll just take a year off. Well, I i mean, I, I would hope
1: not. I would not. I mean, it's still, you know, I, I know, and you know, I love NBA basketball and all that, but, you know, I mean, end of December, it's still football season. So I'm just not quite into NBA basketball at that point, right? Where we're in the, the heart of the football season down to the final push of the playoffs. Like, you know, it, it's, uh, that's where, that's where I would love to see it on TV, Uh, it it was great. It really was. And, and like you said, I think we've both been proponents of like, come on the NFL, right? Well, why can't we have like a standalone game Monday night, Tuesday night, even Wednesday night, or maybe that's the one night they take off. I don't know, but, uh, they certainly showed that they can finagle that a little bit. And you know, it was, it was great, but like it it was, it was tough too. I had a harder time on Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve. We host at our house there. Right. So Coming over there and, you know, one o'clock, okay, nobody was at the house yet, so it was kind of good, and I was sitting, and I had four games on and one on my computer, so I was watching and feeling like I was locked in, but then family starts to show up around 2.30, right? And that's where... I, I was, I was definitely flustered and felt bad at some moments where I was like, Hey, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to pay attention to the end of this football game. And, and, you know, I did feel like a little bit of a psycho there. It was still awesome. It was action packed. And I mean, some of the games were phenomenal as we know, but uh, yeah, there was a lot to juggle. For the Christmas holiday. It's different than Thanksgiving, like you said, where it's kind of known you're going to sit around the TV and eat turkey and just watch football. That's what it is. Christmas, for whatever reason, does have more action and more moving parts to it.
0: That Christmas Eve game is a different dynamic. It's NFL Network only. Yeah. I feel like at some point that gets peeled off and sold to someone Amazon. That was hard. Peacock, I was in and out of that one. YouTube. I had to wherever. rewatch the next yeah. day
1: a little bit, you know, because I wasn't sure. I had to fill in some gaps because, it, again, it's Christmas Eve dinner, right? You know, just getting family ready. Hey, some are leaving, some are coming, and yeah, I lost track of that Broncos Patriots game a little bit on Christmas
0: Eve night. Well, and think about just the overall reality. You got a house full of people, and. Is the TV off or is the TV on? TV's on. What's the yeah. TV going to be on? Yeah. What's it going to be on? doesn't matter if... See, here's the key. doesn't matter if people are actually watching. just matters if the TV's on, right? <laughs> doesn't matter who's in the room. Cats and dogs can be watching. As long as it's on, there's no way to know whether people are actually engaged in the content and riveted by it and studying every last play. They, the powers that be, just want the TVs to be on on and how many houses do you think on christmas eve when all those people are gathered and everyone's got these big flat screens with hd up the wazoo you think they're off you think they just have the yule log on hell no so what's on you can either do the continuous loop of a christmas story you can do it's a wonderful life i assume that was on at some point and all that stuff you can watch whenever you want on demand the only thing that you can't watch on demand that is live and happening right now is the NFL game. So, again, I I would prefer, for my own purposes, I'd prefer that we can just disconnect for a day. But it doesn't matter. They don't factor my vote into things. I'm thinking about the 32 people who run the league. There's no way in hell that they're going to look at the numbers coming out of the Christmas Day games and say, we're just going to concede 2024 because it's a Wednesday. Yeah, I hear you. And it's a little difficult yeah. to schedule a game on. They'll find a way. They've found ways in the Christmas past. Christmas Eve find a especially. Way to to I think Tuesday buys, they'll figure it out. Stagger some days. I'm surprised they didn't play a game Friday night this past week. That surprised me. They had Tuesday. Or, excuse me, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Why didn't they play a game Friday night? Yeah, it'd have been I, nice. I, it would nice. It was a perfect spot to peel off one of those Christmas Eve games and drop it on a Friday. Anyway, anyway one of the games that was played on Christmas Eve, involved the Minnesota Vikings with Nick Mullins, throwing for over 400 yards. Good news, bad news, four interceptions. And worse news and than, torturing and Chris, you. you about out. this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Justin Jefferson, wide ass open, crossing into the end zone. Nick Mullins steps up in the pocket, has time to throw, and just kind of slipped out of his hand and was intercepted by the Lions, and that was that. We reported yesterday on PFT before Kevin O'Connell met with reporters, right after the show. They were taking a long look at sitting down Nick Mullins and putting Jaron Hall back in. He's the fifth-round rookie from BYU who was the initial replacement for Kirk Cousins because Mullins had a back injury at the time. Jaron Hall started the game against the Falcons, suffered a concussion trying to score on the ground. First drive of the game. That started the Josh Dobbs experience, which eventually faded and gave way to Nick Mullins, which is fading and quite possibly giving way, Chris, to Jaron Hall. So, as of yesterday morning, we knew they were taking a long look at putting in Hall. Here's Kevin O'Connell from yesterday making it pretty clear that it could be Nick Mullins getting the giant hook to the sideline. You know, Alec, we're working through that right now, uh, making sure that, you know, we go through a full evaluation process of, uh, you know, the Lions game, uh, uh, of course, but uh, going back to the Bengals game and taking a look at the inventory of really Nick's both both of his starts, you know, what when he came into the game against the Raiders as well. um, You know, we've we've had some turnovers. There's no doubt about it. And the interceptions has kind of been kind of the story um, for for much of the year since we've kind of lost Kirk at that position. And we're trying to work through what we feel gives us the best chance to still be explosive like we were Uh, moving the football the other day against the Lions, but we've got to find a way uh, to still possess the football and not set our team back. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant
1: in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win. Defeating every shifting threat. Protecting our nation's future.
0: The few. The proud. The Marines. Net Credit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by Net Credit or Lending Partner Banks and serviced by Net Credit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. Net credit. credit to the people. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. That's the key. The offense moves the ball, but the quarterback throws the interceptions. You need somebody who doesn't throw the interceptions. Now, here's the balance. Jaron Hall, rookie, he's going to make mistakes. T.J. Hawkinson, out for the year. With a torn ACL and MCL, what a time to suffer that! Yeah, that was Eve. tough. That's the Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson had that happen Christmas Eve 2011. Somehow was ready to go Week One the next year. We're conditioned to think that guys come back from it quickly. They, they 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 don't always come back from it quickly. We don't know when Hawkinson will be 100% again. And uh, Jordan Addison suffered an ankle injury during the game. So. Will the full complement of weapons be there to make it easier for Jaron Hall to go out and run the offense? I don't know. And they're still alive for the postseason. It's a tough call for Kevin O'Connor. They're still alive for the postseason. Do you trust Nick Mullins to iron things out? Or do you give Jaron Hall a start or two and see if that kickstarts you going into the playoffs? And, you know, like you've been saying, we want the playoff teams to be competitive in the playoffs yeah and this Vikings team with all the self-inflicted wounds they're not ready to go out and win a high stakes winner take all loser goes home playoff game
1: yeah no I I mean listen you said it. it is a tough decision you know we heard Kevin O'Connell I think he explained it exactly the right way it's the balance of like yeah can we get a quarterback that can take care of the football but you know within that we don't want him to take care of the football so much that we can't drive down the field and hit Justin Jefferson and be a you know a high functioning offense. Now with Nick Mullins a quarterback, they they have moments and drives of being high functioning. They do. And he does some good things. It's just when it's bad, it's really bad. I mean the two interceptions as we noted, you know, last week against the Bengals, they were horrible. I mean that lost the, the Vikings the football game. Probably should have been up twenty seven to three. Forget the seventeen to three comeback. Probably should have been twenty seven to three. Or at least more, you know, somewhere in that range. But that one, inexcusable. Before the half, just throwing the ball to a defender by killed an interception. Here, this one. I mean, third and seven in field goal range. You know, okay, you took a sack. So what? You're at the 30-yard line. Don't try to throw it. D tackle gets an interception. This one. Okay, not horrible here, right? This is one you can live with in a fourth and two. Nobody was open, Right. You know, maybe could have stayed in the pocket and gone through some other reads, but then there were some some other ones in this game that were bad, like this one you see here. It had a had one or two drop too as well, Mike. My big assessment here, you know, the balance is I don't think you're going back to Josh Dobbs. I don't see that happening, and I don't think it's fair to throw out Jared Hall in this situation and think that he's gonna be in a a position to succeed and do anything real positive for this Vikings football team, nor give your locker room a chance to think like, wait, can we really win this football game? I still think Nick Mullins is the play. I do. Especially when you look at the schedule and go, hey, Packers, right? We know they can move the ball, and they got some explosive elements of their offense. Lions last week of the year, as we know, they can move the ball and do some things too. So I don't think you could sit there and go, we're going to rely on our defense and Jared Hall and we'll play a, defensive style type of football game, that's where I just don't see that happening. And as much as they probably want to bench bench Nick Mullins for the crazy decisions, I think it's probably still the best decision they got here going into week 17.
0: Well, it's a combination of crazy decisions and just bad throws in bad occasions. The Kirby Joseph interception of Jordan Addison. And look, I understand when you're calling a game, there's a lot happening and you have to speak Immediately, you have to formulate the thoughts. You have to articulate it. It's not easy. you got like 15 seconds to get your thought out there. Jonathan Velma, who I love, he's an alum of the former PFT afternoon show on NBCSN, RIPIP. But uh, Velma said that Kirby Joseph baited Jordan Ad- or J- baited Nick Mullins into throwing that ball to Jordan Addison. I, it's just a bad throw. Addison was open. Yeah. It was late. It, right. was, it was. It came in late. You hit him while he's open, it's a touchdown. The Justin Jefferson throw at the end of the game. Yeah. If it's not a, a fluttering out of his fingertips, it's a touchdown. So I think what's going to happen, now that we've talked it through, I think what's going to happen is, much like what occurred the last Josh Dobbs start, it's going to be Mullins yep. on a very short leash. Yep, right. And right. The, the, first, the first time he hands the ball over, to the defense, yeah. whether it's the short little which way did he go pass where the Bengals guy is just like, hey, here's the football. I, I, thank you. Thank you. Or, or does something that would fall into the category of just head scratching, stupid, misfire, whatever, that's when he's out and Jaron Hall's in. So they'll get them both ready. And that's what I think is going to happen. Mullen, I don't know. But I think it makes the most sense I, because they still the have a sense. chance.
1: Yes, right,
0: right. Slim as it may be, I think it's like an eighteen percent chance to make the playoffs. I still don't know how they come up with those numbers, but regardless, yes, they still have a chance. If they and and it's it's their final home game of the year. It's prime time. You want to put your best foot forward. Exactly. You want to win that game yeah. for your fans. If you're not going to the playoffs, you at least beat the Packers on New Year's Eve. At home. You don't want that to be a preseason game. A meaningless game. Hey, let's go see what the rookie can do game. You want to put your best team out there and try to win the game. And knowing that you've got some serious injuries, it's going to make your offense not as good as it otherwise would be. Yeah, 400 yards is 400 yards.
1: Yeah. Uh, one on hand, good 400 things. yards. the other right. hand,
0: four interceptions. Right. So- so yeah. if he doesn't get it done, he's out and Jaron Hall's in, or Josh Dobbs is in. One or the other. I, I don't know, but probably Jaron. It, it's 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 big moment football. It's situational football where Nick Mullins
1: just has to see the bigger picture a little bit. I think that's the big thing. But you know, we talked about yeah, Green Bay's offense, the weapons they have there too. But also in you know, can Jaron? There, there's there's two sides of this story too. Where we know Green Bay's defense is struggling right now. I mean, everybody's moving the ball. I mean, Bryce Young and the Panthers started moving the ball up and down the field on the the Packers like, you know, like the Panthers were a big-time offense, and we know they've struggled all year. So, there's also that thought that goes into it there. You know, okay, wait, they're not playing very good on defense. Can Jaren Hall go in there and, you know, make it happen a little bit because they're not good? Or... Yeah, do we really want to throw Jaron Hall in there? And he might not be able to take advantage of all the plays that are there and gonna, uh, there to be had against this this Packers defense. And that to me would be another notch or check that I would go, well, that's where I feel more comfortable with Nick Mullins as well. And you you know you add that on to some of the things you talked about with Hawkinson not being there. That would be a rookie quarterback friendly target over the middle. You know, no Addison, certainly, or it, we'll see where that stands when it's all said and done. Uh, your run game, certainly never anything to go, oh, we'll be able to depend on it this week. It's all over the place. You don't have a very good run game. I think all those things and what you said point to Nick Mullins being the quarterback. And then hopefully they can coach some of these turnovers, oh, you know, out of him. It You know, again, for a quarterback, a backup quarterback, hey, it's hard. You haven't played. You haven't done much. And, you know, you could play good and boom, boom, boom. Hey, the first 20 throws, I was really good. And all of a sudden you make one mistake and all of a sudden, oh, I got an interception and four or five throws. And you go, well, okay, I've only made one mistake out of 25 throws. And then you make another mistake. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, the, I, I actually was playing pretty good here. And now I'm on the verge of being a laughingstock on Christmas Eve. And that's kind of what happened to Nick Mullins too. And, you know, that's where he's got to gauge the game differently and just have a feel of the big picture of the game. Uh,
0: instead of maybe being so aggressive and trying to make so many plays all the time. You know, I'm sure there were moments during that game because Kevin O'Connell has been transparent about this in the past when he was considering yanking Josh Dobbs. He thought about doing it during that Bears Monday night game. Yeah, sure. And didn't. Right. There had to have been occasions where he's thinking, somebody else has to go in there. Because I assume O'Connell, since he came from the Sean McVay, coaching tree and there's a lot of similarities in the dna between mcveigh and shanahan and it all goes back to gruden as well the idea that you're driving my ferrari yeah i'm entrusting you with the keys to it and if you crash it into a pole you're not going to be driving it anymore and there was a lot of pole crashing going on on christmas eve from nick mullins so it this gets back to the open to the show he loves him he loves him not And I don't know how much football Kirk Cousins has left. I'm sure he's considering his football mortality, what he's going to do when it's time to call it quits, how many more years he has left. He'll be 36 next year when the season begins, coming off of a torn Achilles tendon. One thing we know about Achilles tendon tears, Chris, makes you more susceptible to tearing the other one. He's not going to be any younger next year. And we know how hard he works to keep his body where it needs to be. And he's been this master of durability over the years. Who knows? I mean, Look at what happened this year with all the quarterbacks. Can we assume any of them will stay healthy all year next year? If Kirk Cousins had stayed healthy all year, as you've said, this Vikings team would be in position to make a run at the Super Bowl. I don't know that they could beat the 49ers, but who knows after what we saw this past weekend, but they don't have their starting quarterback. If you have your starting quarterback, you should be in a position to contend and compete. And if you don't, then that's on you. Because so many other teams are down to QB2, QB3, QB4, QB this guy, QB that guy, QB, can we find a QB anywhere? So if they could keep him all year next year, they could they could have a good season. But yeah. you can't account for when the injuries are going to happen. And we know this year that the quarterbacks are less immune than ever before, it feels like, to getting injured. Yeah, well, maybe this will be the wake-up call to some of these teams to
1: stop, you know, looking to trim the fat on the salary cap or the roster with the backup quarterback position, right? I mean, we've had these discussions in the past. The, the big reason why, you know, the the fat has been trimmed in the in the backup quarterback position, it's two reasons. One, you know, a lot of teams want a quarterback that's clearly the king. So there's a huge drop off sometimes between the first and the second quarterback, right? Good or bad, I don't know. I would say if you got a, a good team, that, that's a bad idea. You know, I don't know. We grew up in an era where, like, uh, hey, Joe Montana's backup was Steve Young. Phil Simms' backup was Jeff Hostelder, Jim Kelly, had Frank Reich, right? I mean, Brett Favre was up there in Green Bay. They had him, Mark Brunel, Kurt Warner. Who else am I missing? I mean, so – This, this, when the game used to be brutal, the backup quarterback was a little more valuable, but that's the key too. It's not only anointing the quarterback, the King, but it's also because of the rules of hitting the quarterback that teams have rolled the dice a little bit and gone, ah, the rules are so, you know, they're so good to protect the quarterbacks right now. We'll take a chance and spend a little less money on a lesser backup quarterback. Maybe this is a wake up call. You know, that that yeah, spend a little extra money in these cases. Now Minnesota got unlucky too here with the fact that yeah, Kirk Cousins got hurt and their backup and Nick Mullins, who they really like, was hurt as well. And he wasn't being able to practice. And I think that also leads to him not maybe being at his best at this point of the year right? And Kevin O'Connell has done everything. I mean, this is one, again, where you look at it and go, man, he's still getting people open, right? They're still unbelievable and a high, pretty high-functioning offense with no matter who's at quarterback, but it's the dumb things. And, uh, you know, you know, like, like we showed on that interception package. It's misthrows. It's stupid decisions. It's hanging. The fourth and two, I don't know. Can we go and show that again, guys, if we can throw the show the interception pack? The fourth and two that he throws the deep crosser to, I know that wasn't bad, right? Because it's fourth and two. It ends up being like a punt. All and right? We'll go through it. Here's the Vikings one. This one's inexcusable. I don't know how you don't see this. He throws it to Justin Jefferson. He's not even looking. You know, this one we know is inexcusable, too. But the, after this, we're going to see the fourth and two. And this is where I might ask you guys to slow it down or rewind a little bit here. But pockets clean, right? It's so rewind. Yeah. Now, what I want you to see, look at the, so as this goes, got to go. Watch Justin Jefferson. He's going to run the in cut here. He's wide open. See him at the top of the screen, Mike? You know, go back one more time, yep. guys, if you can. See that? You know, and those are little things, too, as a quarterback. Like, I know that's the first read right, that he's throwing to. Get off it. It's not open. The pocket's clean. Hit Justin Jefferson on the in-cut. But, again, that's not playing, and the game's still moving fast, and he's forcing him some issues. Just like this, even a third and eight, just give up and just chuck it down the field. Again, not the worst because it was a third and eight, and acts like a punt a little bit. But it doesn't give the confidence of your coach. But if it's put coach... out there, it's a touchdown. Exactly. Well, that, that's the exactly. one. That if he puts it out there, it's a touchdown. Yes. that He saw it late and then just tried to chuck it, and that would look stupid. That's that's what it looked like. And, yeah, there's there's some issues there. It doesn't give your offense or your play
0: caller confidence is where I was going with that last comment. He, sh- he should have only had three interceptions for the day because the fourth and two ball should have been knocked down. It was like 20 yards of field yeah, position right. the Lions lost right. by actually Brian Branch getting the interception to atone for the one that should have been the pick six yes. to make it 14-0 yes. instead of 7-7. That was another one, so it evened out. Should have had three. Now nah, should have had four because Branch would have had that one on the opening drive of the game, yep. and it would have been fourteen nothing just like that. He yes. might have had five interceptions on the day because they would have been in a hole and they'd have been throwing uh, yeah. even more. I feel like his numbers for drop, this season. Yeah,
1: go ahead. It,
0: yeah, he did. He did. His nu- maybe two. His yeah. numbers for this season in two starts are amazing. Seven hundred ninety-seven yards in two starts. He's completed nearly seventy percent of his passes. He's averaging nine point seven. Yards per attempt, but he's got four touchdown passes and six interceptions. Yeah, that, that, that's that's, the, that's a butt. Yeah, that's a big you know, butt. That's right. that's <laughs> the that's the big butt. Yeah. That's the bit. Nick Mullins got a big old butt, and that's it.
1: Uh, it it is, but 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 with that, and as we've talked about, a shame Kirk Cousins is hurt. Like I mean, how could you not like your offense and what your coach does, Kevin O'Connell up in Minnesota? I mean, it just. Does anybody get them open downfield more than Kevin O'Connell in football? I, I don't know. Right now in the NFL? I mean, is Minnesota, you guys, are, are you guys the Kings? I mean, you guys hit more 15 and 20-yard completions than any team in football. It's like there's no two or three-yard throw. There's nothing short. It's like it's either 20 yards or go home. And uh, it's fun to watch. It is. It's just the quarterback plays not matching the head coach and play caller there totally. And and that's what's
0: a shame for you and and the
1: Vikings this year.
0: Interesting to see what the offseason strategy will be. I think it's imperative to bring back Kirk Cousins. Now, he's in a position based upon the play of Josh Dobbs and Nick Mullins to ask for more than maybe he would have requested. He can be a free agent. He can go anywhere. The way the contract is structured, they can't keep him. In place, They can't. They're going to have to work out a deal with him if they want to keep him around, but I think they also need to balance it out, not with a developmental guy, but somebody that they believe can can take the baton and become that franchise player. Before the season started, I didn't expect them to be in playoff contention. Yeah. I thought this year would be a step back from right. last year. Right. I didn't expect them to be a team that even though they're seven and eight, feels like they could be competitive with some of the better teams in the NFL, but... But going into the year, I just thought the idea was, okay. we'd like to be able to draft our guy next year that we're going to have for 10 or 15 years. They're not going to be in a position to do that. So kick the can for a year. Have Kirk. I don't know. If a guy falls into their lap that they really like in round two, round three, whatever, maybe you do that. That's what you do. Right. Right. But but O'Connell is proving that when he has the ability to work with a guy who can make the throws who can be taught the offense, that that he can engineer. Just yes. like McVay, just like Shanahan. Right. He can engineer yards yes. and points. Right. The butt just not, needs to not be there with the the interceptions. Four in a game. They've had four in a game twice now. Once from Dobbs and once from Mullins. And they've got two games left and they need some help. And maybe they get in. But if they get in, I mean, come on. They're the seven seed. They're going to go to, and who knows? the The two seeds still up in the air. It could still be the Lions, frankly, uh, if the Lions beat the Cowboys on Saturday night. But, but uh, wherever the Vikings would go as the seven seed, it's not going to be promising. But it, you know, it's one more week, it's one more game, it's one more opportunity to try to to try to build for next year. Whatever they do, the rest of this year is about building for next year. Extend the season a week to help you better prepare. For next year. And then next year, if you get Kirk Cousins back and he stays healthy, who knows what's gonna happen. I already mentioned TJ Hawkinson out for the year with the torn ACL and MCL that happened during the game against the Lions. He seems indestructible. And we've seen all year long. And the hit that caused him to exit and enter the blue tent. Yeah. It didn't not, look your all that t- not your typical ACL,
1: right? Right? Yeah. It, 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 almost like you yeah. thought it was going to be a really bad thigh bruise, right? He was kind of running and his foot was out of the ground. But the guy went in, you know, thigh high. Of course, he's tackling a tight end, so he's going to chop his legs out. And he just hit him with so for, so much force that, yeah, it uh, it obviously tore some ligaments there. And uh, a shame to see because he is one of the better tight ends of football. We know that.
0: 95 catches, 960 yards this season for TJ Hawkinson. And we wish him the best as he gets ready for 2024. Elsewhere in quarterback injury news, Trevor Lawrence, who's been banged up a lot this year, but has still not missed his start. We've seen a knee injury. We've seen an ankle injury that we never dreamed he'd come back from. A Monday night to a Sunday. Are you kidding me? He came back and played. Concussion cleared and played. Now has an AC joint sprain. That's a fancy way of saying shoulder injury. Doubtful to practice on Wednesday. And we'll see if he's able to come back and play This weekend, as their season is going down the tubes. But the good news for them they lost, Colts lost, Texans lost. Three, eight, and seven teams atop the AFC South jockeying for position in the final two weeks of the season. Somebody's going to win that division. Somebody's going to host most likely the Browns in the wild card round. I don't know that that's a reward, frankly, based on how the Browns are currently playing. But still, you'll want to win the division if you can. And this weekend, the Jaguars host the Panthers in a game that they should be able to win, frankly, even if C.J. Beathard is the quarterback.
1: Yeah, I mean, you would think so, or you'd like. But well, I don't know. I don't know if I can say anything like that with the Jaguars right now. I mean, the AFC South, it's, it's unbelievable how quickly it all changed. I mean, a month ago, we were going, wow, I mean, the AFC South looks good. And wow, could they get multiple teams in? You know, and right now, the way it kind of looks, you're like, oh, I don't want any of them in there. Please don't any of you get in there. I mean, the C.J. Stroud injury is certainly, and other injuries, derailed Houston Texans and the way they look. The Colts have kind of been all over the place and just seem like they're hanging around, but not a real force. And Jacksonville, I mean, come on. Is the, the, Jacksonville is one of the biggest stories in football right now about talking about a team that has some big-time talent and is falling apart down the stretch. I mean, they've lost, what, five out of seven? They've lost four in a row? The losses haven't been, like, oh, necessarily, like, so close and competitive to where you feel good about it. Last week was a disaster. Dominated couldn't stop the Bucks' offense for anything. I mean, the Bucks just go up and down the field to start the game. What was it, five times in a row, six times in a row, score all six times, game over. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is getting his ass beat every week right now. He is the most beat-up guy in football. And, you know, on top of that, and what's scary and why I just won't go, oh, they're going to go in and beat Carolina this weekend, they can't run the ball, right? They don't protect very good. They're relying on Trevor Lawrence like you see right here. Hey, hang in there to the last second and throw a rifle in a small window. And yeah, you're going to get killed by seven cars as you do it, but that's our only chance right now. That's kind of where Jacksonville's at. They're real in a big way, and they need Trevor Lawrence. They do. I I don't think it's a lock if C.J. Beathard plays that they beat Carolina this weekend.
0: It's, imagine, it's, it's, it's tough to imagine that when I know. you consider how bad the Panthers are. But you're right. The Jaguars lately have just not been good. And this is the time of year, as Bill Belichick says, football season starts at Thanksgiving. This is the time of year when the teams who are going to be the true contenders step up exactly. and win. And look right. at how the Buccaneers are ascending. Look at how the Jaguars have just faded. I thought that 34-3 to wake-up call against the 49ers would be the thing that propelled them, like the wake-up call they got yeah. last year. In London when they lost to the Broncos, and that was where Trevor Lawrence resolved to, to do whatever it took to be regarded as a great quarterback. It was kind of a crossroads early in his career. Well, now it's a different kind of crossroads. And physically, he's just doing all he can to hold it together. Yeah. I got a lot of respect for the fact that the guy keeps going and keeps going and keeps going, knowing that he's going to get more of it. I'm not healthy. My knee, my ankle, I had a concussion. I got a shoulder. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to keep going. I'm going to try to lead this team to the playoffs. If they could find that switch, but it just, you know, offensive line, again, it's offensive line play. When they play well, we don't notice. When they play poorly, we notice, and the offensive line is the heart of the issue yes. for the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. Here's, here's Trevor Lawrence, and these comments caught my eye when I saw them emerge from the loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Christmas Eve. Lawrence talking after the game about where the Jaguars currently are and just exasperation you can hear it and you can see it with what they need to do to turn it around. Have a listen.
1: You know I got a lot of thoughts. It's frustrating. Uh, it's really it's really embarrassing and frustrating and you put a lot of work in to do that and to look like you don't even practice. I mean, that's what it looks like, which is, you know, should I call it like you see it sometimes. I mean, it's it's bad all the way around. So we got to find ways to get better. We got to get out of our own way. Um, it just feels like everything's so difficult right now. Just do the simple things, you know. Make the simple plays. Um, just get back to doing what we what we've done this season at points and when we were playing well. And you know, we know we have we have what it takes, but I mean, we haven't the last month. So at the most important times, we got to play better, and we're not. So.
0: So what is it? See, and when I hear that. When I hear that, it's like we're not even practicing. We look lost out there. I mean, even though he didn't mean it this way, and I'm sure when he talks to reporters this week, he'll say, I wasn't calling out the coaching staff. A lot of the things that he's pointing out, it's the coaching staff's job to make sure that what you practice translates into effective performance during the game the guys are in the right mindset to go out and do the things during the game that we've practiced doing that's all part of the coaching function sure getting your team ready to to replicate during games what you're doing on the practice field that's what it's all about so I again he'll say I didn't mean it that way and he'll push back on anyone who would say that it he, it was an indictment of the coaching staff. But it kind of was, Chris.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I think he's, you know, like he's saying, he's calling it like he sees it. It's just got to be better. You know, it's not that like the coaching staff's not trying or any of that. But, you know, obviously it's just not good enough. Their defense is getting torn apart. We talked about that. Offensively, they're in a tough spot. One, their offensive line is not good. That's that's the biggest issue. You know, and, and I know we talked about this a little last week, but that's the thing that I constantly, you know, what's happened with Jacksonville? And when I go back to that, well, hey, Cam Robinson, not there, hurt. Jawan Taylor, their other tackle, not there. They got a rookie playing right tackle. They got a left tackle spot that's kind of had injuries and been a, a you know, a, a, a moving, moving part all year. The interior part of their O-line is not special. They're one of the worst running teams in football. Okay, so and they try to stay patient with it to just try to help the O-line and help Trevor Lawrence. And then on top of that, you can't protect. So they don't have time to wait for plays to develop down the field all the time. And that is leads. When you watch Jacksonville, it's Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball into really tight windows, eight and 10 yards down the middle of the field with the pocket collapsing. And it's a dangerous way to live right now. It is, and people know they can get to the quarterback right and that's why you heard me say hey they got to try to make ways to I've been saying for a month to throw the ball down the field a little bit manipulate that a little bit just because teams are know they can't protect real well they know they're going to throw the ball in the 5 to 12 yard range area and it's just become a little too predictable and they got nothing else that they can really bring to the table right now to get a defense off their back that's the big issue let alone their quarterbacks getting the shit kicked out of them so all those issues certainly are, are coming to a pinnacle here, and yeah, the Jags are in trouble. There's no doubt about that. Big trouble, and like, yeah, you get in the playoffs, so what? I, I don't expect them to be able to do anything miraculous with the way that offensive line plays and how bad the defense has been.
0: Well, no, because if if they win the division, they're likely going to see the Browns come to town in the wild card round, and we know anything can happen. Hell, they were down 27-0 last year against the Chargers, and they came back and won the game, and it propelled them to the divisional round where they gave the Chiefs you know, A scare, especially after Patrick Mahomes exited with the ankle injury and came back, and it felt like the Jaguars had an opportunity, and they did. They just didn't cash in, and I thought they would be much better this year. I thought they would use last year as a springboard to get better this year, and now it's in the process of falling apart. There's been a lot of criticism of Press Taylor, the offensive coordinator who's calling plays for the first time this year. Doug Peterson, the coach of the team, addressed that yesterday with reporters. He said everybody wants to point the finger somewhere. We have to do a better job at taking care of the football. It's not about the plays. We have to tackle better. We have to take care of the football bottom line. We do those two things. Those give us a chance to win football games. If we don't, then we're going to be talking about this again. Those are the glaring differences right now between winning and losing. So tackle better and take care of the football. What about the blocking? And I guess at this point of the year, what can you do? If the offensive line just isn't good enough to stem the tide of defensive players who are trying to get to Trevor Lawrence. What can you really do? You you wag a finger at him and say, play better, play better, find a way to play better. Make a wish tonight that you're going to wake up bigger, faster, and stronger and better suited to blocking for your quarterback. Like what can you really do if the offensive line isn't getting it done? Can you, can you put some new blocking plan into place? Is there something you can do on the fly to make your offensive line better? I don't know. No. Is there something they can do in December to make their offensive line better?
1: Well, it, it's 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 a tough struggle, right? And it's rare to see good teams with a bad offensive line. I mean, it, it's actually, you know, very few and far between. I think that's what makes, you know... Let's say Ben Roethlisberger amazing in the 2010s, right? Because we were always like, man, their offensive line's not good, and they're still one of the best offenses. And he just makes it happen. He's that great. Or Mahomes, you know, the, uh, leading up to the, their free agent spending on the offensive line. Or, well, yeah, they went to the Super Bowl against the Bucks. He wasn't protected for the last nine weeks of the year, but he's so great, he just made it happen, right? Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is really awesome. I, he's not capable of just making it happen that way, and that's where yeah they got they gotta find ways to trick it up and do other things, whether that's bringing more two and three tight end sets, more screens, more moving the quarterback and moving the pocket and doing all that type of stuff yeah there's gonna have to be a different approach. But a little bit like right now of, yeah, them dropping back and kind of doing what they always do and thinking that's going to work, it's just not going to happen right now. And that to me is where, yeah, they have to come up with a new approach. They're kind of banging their head on the wall right now, hoping something's going to change. And it's like, no, this is what it is right now. You got to change and try to help this group out and see what you can do there. And, And maybe they can do that here down the last two weeks.
0: Good news for the Jaguars is they control their playoff density. They face the Panthers <laughs> and then the Titans next week in Tennessee. That's not going to be easy, even though they're 5-10. and ten. The Titans aren't just going to lay down for the Jaguars. So it's going to be a struggle to win the division. It's going to be them. It's going to be the Colts. It's going to be the Texans. One of those three is going to win the division and and host the uh, the very good and getting better all the time Cleveland Browns in the wild card round but once the playoffs start and the records go out the window and everyone resets to 0 and 0 and it's one game and one game only who knows who knows what'll happen maybe the team that wins this division you know the Texans if they get CJ Stroud back they could be a lot better than they've been the past yeah, couple of weeks yeah agree Browns-Texans would be a different game with C.J. Stroud playing quarterback than it was when Case Keenum was playing quarterback. So, I don't know. which of Okay, before we break, which of those three teams best satisfy the Chris Sims litmus test of that team can actually be competitive when it gets to the playoffs? Which of the three do you want in the playoffs for that reason? Yeah,
1: Houston's the team I look at, for sure. And honestly, I would go Colts second. I would. As it stands right now, you know, I mean, listen, we just talked about Jacksonville's offense. We didn't even get into their defense. I mean, they can't stop anybody in the pass game. They can't rush the passer. Their front four is not capable. You know, it's a little like we've talked about with some some teams around football, and then they got a blitz to get pressure, but they're not good enough in man-to-man in the back end. They only got really one lockdown man-to-man type of corner in Tyson Campbell, so they're in a tough spot there. I don't see how they match up well with anybody really right? I mean, like, you brought up the Cleveland game and all that, Uh, and, you know, that game was a four-point game. Probably shouldn't have not been even that close, and some of that was still late game Jacksonville trying to make it look closer than it really was. But, yeah, I lean on the Texans with a healthy C.J. Stroud are dangerous. They got a little bit of a run game, and we know D'Amico Ryans that defense can fly around and make some things happen. The Colts, I go, eh, okay, it's not great, but they can run the ball, and Shane Sykin is an unbelievable game plan designer, so I give them a chance, and we know they got a pass rush up front, and they, some of the stuff they do is conducive to play at playoff football. Jacksonville, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I really don't, and I think they would probably be one of the worst watches we could get for, for the playoffs there.
0: You know, it's not conducive to playoff football though. Going to Atlanta and losing twenty-nine to ten—that's not conducive to playoff football for the Colts. That was one of the stunning, kind of overlooked outcomes of the weekend. You picked the Falcons; I picked the Colts. So, you know, I had my—I had my uh, my blue hat on for that game, but I didn't expect twenty-nine to ten. No, I didn't expect no. it to be that. It's a, ma- so, uh, it's a Colts, matchup league, knows?
1: as we talk about. There were some yeah. things about Atlanta's defense I think that matched up really well with the Colts. That was why I kind of went all in on that. You know, I'm certainly no oracle when it comes to the picks and all that, but that was one where I went, eh. I could see the Colts having a hard time with that defense doing that there. And then I thought the Ty- Taylor Heineke bump. But you're right, that's another one. That's why I was saying the AFC South six weeks ago. We we're going, whoa, this could be awesome. They could have multiple teams in the the playoffs. And as it looks right now, I'm going, I don't want any of you in the playoffs can we find another way to replace the AFC South uh, but we'll see where it goes and maybe they can prove
0: me wrong one of them the 49ers had an unexpectedly bad game on Monday night Brock Purdy had four interceptions of his own how will he back, bounce back from that showing that we saw as the 49ers try to nail down the number one see we'll discuss that next here on PFT Live